0: One in 68 children in this country are diagnosed with a form of autism. But if you can put aside for a moment what your pediatrician and all the other NTs have said about your son. NTs? Uh, Neurotypicals, the rest of us. What if we're wrong? What if we've been using the wrong tests to quantify intelligence in children with autism? Your son's not less than. He's different. Now, your expectations for your son may change over time. They might include marriage, children, self-sufficiency, and they might not. But I guarantee you, if we let the world set expectations for our children, they'll start low, and they'll stay there. Maybe your son's capable of much more than we know. And maybe maybe he doesn't understand how to tell us or we haven't yet learned how to listen.
1: hi everybody this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event it opened up with that clip from the movie the accountant if you haven't seen it go watch it six times especially if you know anybody with uh, autism uh, it's a great movie I think it's uh, about two years old um, Ben Affleck plays a kid that grew up that he's autistic but he's an adult now and uh, and they're in the whole things around There's a whole bigger story than just him being autistic, but he's autistic, which makes things unique, unique. And I pulled that, I saw, I watched it the other day um, and I sent that one little clip talking where the doctor's talking about expectations with another, with another set of parents. And it resonated with me. I sent up to my, uh, to my son, we've got a six year old, uh, almost six year old uh, autistic uh, grandson who is obviously smarter than smart, but he just doesn't talk yet. And, uh, and he's, he just, he understands everything you say, but he just isn't talking yet. And, uh, but I, as I listen to it, I say, you know what, if we let society set, set the expectations, they'll start low and they'll stay there. And as I said, this year, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage people to be all they can be. And you know what? That's not just about autistic people it's about ourselves and it's about our kids and it's about doesn't have to be autistic level you know we set our we set our expectations low and they stay there you can be anything you want to be and i know most of my listeners are probably older but we need to be preaching this to our kids and our grandkids and they can be you know oh hey you could be anything you want to be say it like you mean it but it takes work you say, hey i want to be i want to be a rock star Guess what? You better start playing guitar every day and you know the chances of you making it are, you know, 1 in uh, 1 in 2 zillion, but you know what? If you want to do it and you're and you're focused on it, you can be anything you want to be. And uh don't let it don't let society give you excuses to uh to not be all that you want to be. Um but it's work. It is work. So anyway, um I also use that song uh Limelight from Rush. Uh, in honor of we lost Neil Pert the uh, this past weekend, uh, sixty-seven years old. Uh, I think he uh, brain cancer, as I as I remember. Um, the in my in my eyes, the greatest drummer of all times in uh, rock and roll drumming. Um, if you've ever seen him, if you have ever seen Rushing concert, those guys make a lot of sound and I'll, and they're so tight between the the bass and the guitar and the and the drums for three people. They're awesome. So, uh, anyway, we lost Neil Pert last Saturday, and uh, I wanted to give a tribute to him. I'm going to use a, a – that was a limelight. I'm going to use the spirit of the radio to open up uh – uh, part two. But anyway, that's what that's what I did there. Hey, uh, I've got a really awesome show for you guys today. And uh, but before I get into it, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time. Toll-free, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to to talk but you don't want to talk on the phone, you want to get some information, go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. Put in as much information as you want to give me and tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from myself or one of my talented teammates, and uh, we will help you find the missing piece to your real estate financing puzzle. If you want to hear this show again, if you missed something, or you want to hear it again, and you're probably going to want to listen to this show a couple times, you can get the podcast at edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can also get the podcast on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, you can subscribe subscribe for free, have it download to your uh, your your phone or your computer, your iPad, your iPod, your iWatch, your mini pad, your maxi pad, or anything else you can listen to uh, podcasts on. And uh, listen to it for free. Follow me on Twitter where, uh, at Ed Hoffman, where I uh, tweet about current events all week long. And the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. So as I said, this show this show is going to be really special. You might want to uh, listen to it over and over because there's going to be a lot of stuff that I don't say that you're probably going to want that is, is going to impact your life. If you listen to it a couple of times, I know that uh, it took a long time to to uh, get together with my guest and uh, to get him here into the studio, and uh, I hope you are enjoy this as much as I, as I did putting it together. My guest this week is well known throughout the Inland Empire as a pastor of one of the largest churches in the area, but more importantly, a church that's making a major impact. Since 1997, Sandals Church has grown from a tiny church founded in the living room to Ten campuses across three counties I'm excited to have the founder and lead pastor of the church uh, join us now Pastor Matt Brown welcome to the main event
2: yeah thank you brother glad to be here
1: all right so uh so we've talked about this i've been i've been a a, a steady visitor to your church every single week for the last i think since February or March last year and uh I have I listen, I listen to you with both ears and and my whole brain every week and and uh, you have a you have a gift to uh, to uh, touch people. Um, let's talk talk about your background before so people get to know you. You weren't you weren't always a, a pastor. You, I know you had political aspirations.
2: Yeah, I was a political science major at California Baptist University, and uh, in my uh, senior year, uh, as I was planning to go to law school, I went to Harvest Christian Fellowship. Pastor Greg Glory. And, uh, I just gave my life to Christ and that was life changing. And a lot of people who call themselves Christians, you know, if you, if you haven't experienced a life change where, where Jesus kind of flips your life upside down, I just don't know that people have actually met Jesus. And so he, he just changed me and I wanted to be in politics cause I, w- I wanted to make a difference. I wanted my life to matter. And, uh, and I think politics is, is a way to, to make a difference, but, um, you know, laws can address, you know, um, c- can, can create consequences for behavior, but they don't change the heart. And so I found myself wanting to help people experience the same change of heart that I had. And so I, I, I shifted from uh, political aspirations in law school to uh, ministry, and I ended up going to seminary, which is way longer than law school, or maybe the same as law school. I think law school is four years. Um, I think it's three. Is it three? So seminary is four years. Okay. Yeah, so like my undergraduate degree was 127 units. My uh, seminary degree was 90, I think, six units. It's like, great. So basically I told my wife, uh, you know, we're going to be poor for a little longer.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you're, you have to immerse yourself in uh, how many pages of the Bible? About 2,000?
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, so you got you to gotta learn that in and out, and you, did, you obviously did well. What do, you, what do you see the church's role in uh, politics today, and especially in 2020?
2: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that a lot of people don't know. It's in uh, 1 Chronicles. I believe it's 1232. I don't have any notes in front of me. But it says the men of Issachar uh, understood the times and knew what to do. And so... um, you know, Israel was uh, in a difficult time politically. Uh, they had a two-party system. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have people loyal to King Saul, and you had people loyal to the future king, King David. And people were torn, and tribes were torn. And, and the men of Issachar understood the political shifting times, and they knew what to do. And the reason that stands out is all the other tribes and all the other people mentioned in First Chronicles 12 didn't understand. And so I think that Christians need to be very, very careful— uh we need to walk um very, very cautiously because both political sides use Christians, right? They're all looking for constituents to mm-hmm. to use because their ultimate goal is to get elected, and obviously there's there's some people that um you know are in it for the right reasons, but politics is politics, you know politics is is the um you know it's it's the word we use to describe how how we gain power can hold power and then and then exercise power. And I know that's a negative definition, but that's what it is. I mean, um, you know what we experienced through the impeachment trial, you have Democrats in charge and, and they hold power, they're maintaining power and then they're exercising that power to do what they want um, And so that's just a reality you know and you and I both know elections have consequences. So I think that we need to be very very careful. Um, we need to be careful not to overly align ourselves because there's no perfect candidates. You know, I remember when I read, you know, Billy Graham's, you know, stopped meeting and advocating personally after Nixon because he felt betrayed. And and, and it's not that Nixon was any better or worse than any presidents prior to him, but that just kind of opened Billy Graham's eyes and he was like, okay, I need to be more careful in terms of how I align myself with one side or the other. So I think that we have to be, we have to be cautious. We have to be careful. Uh, you know, you, you go to my church, Sandals Church. I, I, politics is a part of everything today. Mm-hmm. And I try to make church a safe place where Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Confused, whatever, can come and hear God's truth because that's my platform. That's my purpose. And I try to galvanize them Um you know, to be a part of that. And so that's why I I told you I would come on your show. I try not to be political on my podcast, but this is, you know, your show. And so we can talk politics. And I think that that's fair because Christians should have an opinion. But I think that we we need to be careful. Um, And um, I think on your show today, I mean, you know, Trump gets all of the attention, right? I mean, it just, I mean, globally, the guy sucks the political attention out of the air. But a lot of my concerns are what's happening in California with our governor, who seems to be completely um, incompetent to dealing with the issues at hand. You know, we had a, a, a democratic, um, debate here, I think two weeks ago in California and the issue of homelessness didn't even come up, you yeah. know, I mean, does it's not even mentioned. And I'm like, how, how are you in Los Angeles <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> where we have 180,000 known homeless people and that's not an issue. And that's part of the problem, you know, is we, we don't talk about real issues, you know, um, and it's just it's just heartbreaking to me I mean th- th- that is the issue you know homelessness um drug addiction and mental illness th- those are the three top issues and any politician that doesn't talk about those three things is not a person that's interested in, in affecting and changing our lives um you know my kids don't don't know what uh, am I going too long no so my kids don't know what it means not to live with homeless people everywhere but you and I, you and I've lived in California when that was not true.
1: That's correct. So it has changed, and it's not. And it's and the governor seems to think it's a housing problem. It's not a housing problem, Because right. if you build the houses, number one, no one can pay for them, and most of them don't even want to be. They they want to they want to live that no responsibility lives. Hey, I'll I'll beg for five dollars right. for at lunch and five dollars at dinner and yeah whatever enough till they can get some buy some weed and some uh, alcohol. And that's that's just the way of life. Yeah. Um, we have we have uh, on something you said about wanting to change people's lives. Um, one of the members in our small group that we meet with um, made a comment about um, trying to be happy, seeing things the way they are, and knowing that he can't make a difference. And that he can't make a difference, just accept it and, and just be happy in the Lord, which I agree with. But when it came for me to make my comment, I say, well, I, I understand that. But, you know, the serenity prayer, you know, grant me the serenity to accept yeah. things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. And just somehow, because I have a microphone here and I have a platform, I feel like I might be able to change it. Right. And what's your thought on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that pastors need to be extraordinarily careful about not being... Uh, political activists. I mean, what makes the Ayatollah Khomeini so dangerous in Iran is he's he's a politician. He's a religious person, but he's also. I mean, Ayatollah Khomeini, I believe, means supreme leader. I don't speak Farsi, but I think that's what it means, right? Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous thing, um, you know. And so we have to be careful uh, in our system. Uh, and so I am an American, right? I do vote. I do have opinions, but I have to be careful. But I think guys like you. Um, I think have a role and, and you can do that. And I think that that's important. And, and I think that's the beauty of democracy is that ordinary everyday people. I mean, right. You're a, uh, you, you, you work in the area of finances and loans and, right. uh, sp- specifically what's it called? Uh,
1: summit funding, summit uh, funding, but reverse the, mortgages. reverse does.
2: Mortgages, yeah. Cause I hear your commercial all the time. Right. So, um, you know, I think that's important. And, and I, I think people need to know that they can make a difference and they do need to insert themselves into, Uh, the political process. And I think it is hard. I mean, it's hard to stand out, have an opinion, um, no matter what organization. I mean, it's frustrating. Education, politics, local, um, you know, uh, things that are happening. I mean, I I, I get it. It's it's frustrating. I, I mean, I had an issue with Riverside Municipal Water District because my bill was like thousands of dollars every month. It took me six months of like berating them before they figured out they had a glitch in their program. And instead of adding a credit to my account, they were saying I owed. It was, it, was just, it was just a glitch. Exactly. But, I mean, I had to call a board member to get somebody to look at that. It's, it's just, you know, so it, that's the frustrating thing is, is it takes so much energy to get people to do what they're supposed to do anyways, which is their job.
1: And, uh, and if, it wasn't, if it wasn't a big bureaucracy, people would actually care. Right. And so it's uh, it's it's that's why that's why I can go off on a, yeah, so on a I, I tangent think, on healthcare. Yeah, you know, yeah I think
2: people I think people can make a difference. They need to be aware. Um, They they need they need they need to to I think people have put their heads down and that's what's happened in the state of California. Um, we, We've we so dramatically shifted from, you know, a conservative state to a, a liberal state and, um, you know, uh, there, there are real consequences for what's happened to our cities and towns and structures. And, you know, you can try to blame Trump all day long for what's happening in California. But the reality is what's happening in California is California's problems.
1: Exactly. We're the ones
2: who voted him in. We're the ones who put him, we gave him power. We say nothing. And,
1: um, we don't, we don't understand the propositions when we read them. Yeah. We listen to the commercials. Yeah. What's it, what's your opinion on president Trump? What's your opinion on him personally? And what's your opinion on the job he's doing for our country?
2: Well, I would say this. I have never been, uh, More concerned in an election between the two choices. I think that in uh, the 2016 election, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump would have not been any of the candidates that I supported, promoted, would have been excited about, Um, you know, so I was deeply concerned about, um, I'm not, uh, so you need to know I was a huge liberal in the 90s, big time supporters of the Clintons. That's just where I was. Um, you know, the Clintons baptized me in the reality of just they're just they're just not good people. They just aren't. And so I knew that, right? So, um, you know, Trump was the candidate and I was deeply concerned about the job that he was he was doing. He seemed erratic, you know, he seemed um passionate about the wrong so 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 I, I would say I was a skeptic. I would say that um he's he has um he has changed my opinion. I think that he has he has done great things for our country like i mean i i, I just just things that are just amazing to me uh, really ending and, and doing something about uh black incarceration mm-hmm. rates i mean barack obama didn't do that donald trump you know i have black pastor friends who said they couldn't get a meeting with obama they couldn't even get in the white house trump lets him in you know makes changes and that has deeply affected uh you know black people that were incarcerated for minor crimes in the 80s and he's done amazing things for the Black community. Uh, he's done, you know, incredible things for Black wages, Hispanic wages, uh, you know, women women's wages. I mean, the economy has just soared under him. I, I you know, I'm not a big free trader. You just need to know that. I think uh-huh. the Republicans have been wrong on that forever. Um, I, I travel the globe. I'm a globalist. I'm around. It's not fair trade. I mean, you can't call it fair trade when China employs, you know, uh, children. Um, you know, they, they dump all of their chemicals. It's not, it's not, it's not an equal training thing. I mean, we just, Americans can't compete. And, you know, you hear Republicans, I believe American workers can compete against anybody in the world. Well, not when you're, you're dumping all your chemicals in the river and you're hiring children and you're not paying any kind of insurance or, or help. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not fair trade at all. And so I'm really glad to see that we have a president who stands up, Uh, you know, like right now you and I are recording in San Bernardino. Look what's happening to San Bernardino. Oh, yeah. I mean, economically, it's a disaster. And one of the reasons for that is free trade, all the jobs, all the manufacturing, everybody left because businessmen, you know, are you going to pay 10 cents on the dollar? Or are you going to pay a dollar twenty on the, on the dollar in California, right? We keep passing laws, making it more and more expensive to hire, to build, you know, I mean, th- this is, you know, Gavin Newsom says that he's concerned about, um, the rising cost of housing. Well, my mom and dad just bought a brand new house. You know what they have in their house? Sprinklers. In the. In the fires. house, in a single-story house, my mom and dad, their new house has a sprinkler system. Fire it, sprinklers. Fire sprinklers. That adds $4,500 to the cost of a new house. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care at all. Who who pushed that through? How did that get through? And it's like, if you're deeply 20 concerned. 20 years ago. Yeah, it's probably just, Clinton. It's just ridiculous. It's like, oh my gosh. And you're like, well, if it saves one life, and it's just like, man, I mean, there's a lot of things that we could pass if it saves yep. one life, but the reality, if we're all broke and we can't afford a house, I mean, there are things that, that Sacramento is doing that make it incredibly hard to build new houses, uh, you know, to 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 create affordable housing, and they take no responsibility in that. And so, then they'll
1: come back, and if the fire sprinklers don't work, they're going to burn the, they're going to blame the fire sprinkler company company for the the insurance yeah. claim. Right. So they don't realize that hey, we're trying to take people away from having. Responsibility so, here, so here's what it. I'd
2: say. So I think Trump is is the greatest. Uh, he will go down as the greatest trade president in the history of our country. I think that he will go down as one of the greatest economic presidents in the history of our country. I think that uh, President Trump deeply cares about American citizens, and uh, regardless of color, regardless of race, um, you know. I have friends that know him personally. I do not. Mm-hmm. Um, I was supposed. I told you I was supposed to meet President Trump last year at the White House. He didn't come. He sent Mike Pence and, uh-huh. uh, president vice, Pen- or, uh, vice president Pence said, I can see that you're deeply disappointed to meet me. <laughs> so, which I was, I, unfortunately my face, I guess communicated yeah, yeah. that, Yeah, yeah, but I got to meet, uh, vice president Pence at the white house. And so, um, you know, obviously sometimes, you know, his rhetoric is troublesome for me. And so, um, you know, that's what I would say is I think we had a president under Obama who sounded wonderful and made bad choices. And we have a president now who comes off. You know, he's just he's just a rough and tumble dude. He's New York City. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks like somebody that you'd meet at a bar. That's just his that's just his rhetoric and his language. And but the at the end of the day, uh, I think he's done a lot of good things. Um, and what I would say is, is, you know, I disagree with President Trump on some things. But I can't on the other side, I, I just have a hard time agreeing with anything that they're about. I j I just I just don't understand. Um and so I, I know you have a bunch of other questions. Yeah, I, let me
1: let me yeah. well let me ask you this. Do you think uh Donald Trump is a Christian?
2: I don't know that he's a Christian. Um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, I don't know I don't know. I mean, I don't know that you're a Christian, you know. what I'm saying you don't know that I'm a Christian, right? So I lead you spiritually and and nobody can judge the heart. Um as a Christian, he struggles. He struggles with, uh, you know, when he and he doesn't say it much anymore. But I never apologize. Well, okay, you know, Christians should ask for forgiveness and apologize. And so I would say that's a Christian value. And I'm not in a circle to counsel him uh, or to advise him. But if I if I was, I would say, you know, if you're a Christian, that's something that you need to do. When you're wrong, you need to say, I was wrong. You know, I, I mm-hmm. apologize. Uh, I think that he can be strong. Uh, I think a lot of of Trump's rough edges are his personality. You know, you know, in our church we talk a lot about the Enneagram, Trump is an eight, mm-hmm. and um, and and eights are rough and tumble. And he doesn't care at all about the process, he cares about results, and that's what he's about. And that's part of the reason why he gets so much done, is he's a results-oriented guy. And, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if he feels like he's done the right thing and won, he, he's unconcerned about all <laughs> the people that, uh-huh. you know, that he had to push out of the way to get there. And unfortunately, you know, uh, that, that's the way that you get things done. You know, Obama did the same thing, and Pelosi did the same thing, passing Obamacare. And I, I remember Pelosi said, you can read the bill after we pass it. Exactly. And it's like, so, but, but people don't get all upset about that. I mean, that's, can, can you, ima- you know, imagine if Donald Trump said that? Let's pass this, and then, then we can talk about it. I mean,
1: it's just... So from the standpoint of, uh, I'm a Christian, and I want to I vote for the right person. Trump, your opinion? on what's your position as a Christian.
2: Yeah, I think, well... Whether
1: he's a Christian or not. Well, I I don't know if he's... We don't know who... who, Yeah, I don't know if he's a Christian or not.
2: There are things about his personality that if I was in a position to counsel him and pastor him, I would challenge. I I just would. I would say, hey, you know, here's some things that that I think you need to work on.
1: Hey, we're out of time for this this half. Can you stick around for the next? Yeah. Right. Hey, uh, don't go away. We got five minutes of uh, sports and commercials and traffic and weather, and we'll be right back with part two of the main event. to the main event my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the radio cuz it gets boring for you if you're, if you're not a uh If you're not in the market, but if you are in the market to uh, purchase a piece of property or refinance a piece of property that you have, or if you need a reverse mortgage, uh, if you need a reverse mortgage, you want to find out about that reverse mortgage thing. You want someone who will give it to you straight. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Day or night, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net. And click on the uh, the summit funding logo that'll take you to the link and uh, and tell me how much information you want back, and I will uh, get back to you or you'll hear back from either myself or uh, one of my talented teammates. and uh, we'll help you find the your way through uh, real estate financing. And we're back back in the studio with uh, Pastor Matt Brown from Sandals Church, Senior Pastor and founder of Sandals Church, uh, that we've been talking about. We've been talking about politics. And uh, which is, uh, hey, I got I got a I got a a man of Jesus in here talking about politics. So uh, I like that. Um, and I could tell I could tell from your sermons, I could tell from your sermons, you send little messages that say, hey, this guy, this guy's a conservative and I want to talk to him about it. And uh, some people go, you think he is? Hmm. Say, you're not listening hard if you're, you're not listening close, if, if that's a, So we just got finished talking about Trump and uh, and whether you thought he was a, a Christian or not
2: yeah so I, I don't know if he's a Christian or not what I do know is he is good for Christians and he's protective of Christians and their rights and their beliefs and so part of the problem is as Christians um you know and, and even as liberals and so you know I think we need to differentiate between Christians and liberals and then leftists and so you know Christian conservatives and liberals have a value for you believe what you believe I believe what I believe but leftists right you 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 don't just they don't believe in toleration you 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 have to celebrate what we celebrate. And so what happened under the Obama administration is I think conservatives and liberals were led down this path, like with the issue of gay marriage. Well, why would you be against love? Who's not against love? Everybody should be able to to get married and do whatever they do. But ultimately what happened when we when we changed the legal definition of marriage, it affected Christians deeply. Uh, it affects Christian organizations, Christian bakeries, Christian uh, you know, bed and breakfasts. And so now we have Christians being persecuted for what they believe um and just to put this in perspective if you're a muslim taxi cab driver uh in uh, or a jewish taxi cab driver I don't know that there are jewish ca- taxi cab drivers but <laughs> there may be I'm sure there are you know in, in, in new york kids. city and I, and I and I get in the back of your cab with a ham they legally don't have to let you in the cab so there so there are you know so there there are protections for people who have certain beliefs and so I would say that the definition of marriage for christians is far more serious than having a ham in the back of of your cab or not and so what's happened was in the name of love we've been told that you know well why would you be against love and then what's happened is man just the legal ramifications for churches christian colleges uh christian bakeries right there's been this assault on our freedoms in the name of love and i think what trump has done is he has supported us in the fact that that's ridiculous. Exactly. It's absolutely ridiculous. And so like for example, so the college that that I that I graduated from, they quit doing weddings. So nobody gets to get married there anymore because they don't want to be sued as a conservative Christian Baptist college because they don't allow gay weddings on their campus. And so not so they just don't do them. And so a lot of people don't realize that that happened all over the place. Uh we we've had to change our bylaws at Sandals Church. Like we've had to, we've had to go through spend thousands of dollars making sure that we're not going to be sued, because you know we have to explicitly state redefine our definition of marriage. And so, you know, what everybody says is a victory in the name of love creates this heartache and persecution for everybody that held to a traditional, um, you know, value of marriage. And it's not you know not every gay couple um, wants you know uh, Christians to be persecuted. You know, because there there were some gay people that just say, hey. We want we we want to have a family and but that's not the uh that's not the gay movement that's in charge that's not the LGBTQ you know those guys are political activists that are looking to just destroy anybody who disagrees I mean look what's happened to the Salvation Army Salvation Army is now just getting hammered Chick Fil A all these organizations that hobby lobby yeah hobby lobby that have traditional Christian values when it comes to marriage and and now they're like a hate group and it's like it's like oh my gosh so I think what Trump has come in and said no that's ridiculous.
1: Exactly. It is. It is. I've so, been, I've been saying it on the, Hey, you know, do you guys want to, do you guys want to know about my sexual habits with my wife? Uh, I want to have, I, some, I don't I wanna have some, I I wanna, don't. <laughs> nobody does, but Hey, you know, because they do something different than what I do, uh, in their bedroom behind closed doors, they want special, they want special privileges and they want to encroach on ours. Whereas in America, I think, the original plan was, hey, people that want to come into our culture and get away from their culture, we're going to welcome them in and blend them into our culture. Now today it's, today it's, hey, bring your culture and we're going to respect your culture and we're just bringing it, come on to the United States, we will give you tax benefits and we'll give you social security and we'll give you this and give you that, but you don't have to blend into our culture. And I think that's a huge problem.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I I, I think that's a, I think that's a leftist value, but like, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Uh, t- two Thanksgivings ago, um, my wife didn't have something on Thanksgiving. And so she sent me to the grocery store on Thanksgiving day, which is the worst day to ever go. I'm there every, every yeah. year. So, so I'm there and, uh, there was an immigrant family. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know where they were from so- somewhere in Asia, you mm-hmm. know, China, Taiwan, whatever. And, um, they were trying to have their first Thanksgiving together and, you know, they, they barely speak the language. They um. They, uh, you know, I think it was their first year as a family in America. And so the store manager at Stater Brothers was helping them pick out all the things that they needed for Thanksgiving. And so he's telling them what to buy, how to cook it. And, and, um, you know, the kids were all confused and I'm standing there. I can't remember. I'm getting something in the meat section and the dad turns to his kids and he says, we have come to America and we're Americans now. And this is what Americans do. We are thankful for, and I, I start crying. So I I think that you know there are a lot of immigrants and maybe even the the vast majority of them they do want to be American. They mm-hmm. do want to assimilate. They do want to be a part of this. And uh this family probably never eat a turkey in their life, but they're going to cook this gigantic bird because you know there's something beautiful about America. And I think that that's what we're that's what we're we're missing uh in our culture and our kids don't realize what a special place this is. Nowhere else in the world do people, you know, um you know, transition out of something, you know, I'm a huge LeBron James fan and he, you know, uh, he's probably more liberal in his politics, but he talks all the time about, I'm just a kid from Akron, Akron, Mm -hmm. Ohio, poor kid, single mom. And now he's one of the wealthiest, most powerful individuals in the world. I mean, and that happens in America and it doesn't happen anywhere else. People transition out of where they are and and that's and that's a beautiful thing and and people say well it doesn't happen that often well it doesn't happen ever anywhere else I mean you're either born into the right family or you're not exactly and, and that's that's you know in other countries you know here in America um, you know if we'll deal with uh, our educational systems and and again you know how 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 is is Trump I believe for families because he's for school choice a lot of these black families poor income uh poor income Latino families they can't get out of uh, you know just a corrupt terrible school system they can't afford private education so why wouldn't you be for school choice and And so that's
1: and it's and it's not just it's not just the the it's the school system it's the the teachers lobby and the the whole bureaucracy in schools that they don't want to have to be accountable to teach these kids Right. Cuz if they if they gave them vouchers, people will drive a little farther to take sure. take them to a school and those other and those other those other schools will go out of business and yeah. teachers will say, hey, "I got a teaching credential. I'm tenured. Yeah. You can't fire me and I get a paycheck. I'm going to come in and do my hours." Yeah. Competition
2: and, makes everything better. Exactly. It never it never makes things worse, you know? So, the a, free competition market makes, is always yeah,
1: right. Yeah. So, you had mentioned, you had mentioned in your uh in your uh in your sermon this week, um, you're talking about uh who who our kids listen to and who people listen to and and you made a comment about famous people versus uh faithful people. Um and specifically and I, I thought this came up in some of the things we're saying because people are listening to the people with the microphones. Famous people have a platform, faithful people have a purpose. Right. You wanna expand on that?
2: Well, I just think that we live in a day and age where, where kids, you know, whether they come from a conservative home, liberal home, or leftist home, wh- what they all want is to be famous, and I think that's a tragic goal in life. Um, and so, w- one of the things that I think religion does, um, you know, I think even Judaism, even Islam, mm-hmm. uh, Christianity, uh, you know, Mormonism, it it gives it gives your kids something substance. It's something greater to live for. Right, it's a it's an internal compass in a world that lacks one, and so that 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 that's what people need. And so when I'm seeking to be famous, even for many people when they become famous, it's empty. So, but uh, purpose is not empty, whether you're you're famous or not. Um, you know, I don't do what I do to be famous. I do what I do because I feel called. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, I believe I'm going to answer to God for how I lived and what I did. And so I I try to do that and. And, and, and the church really is the last bastion of, of hope in America for really instilling values that uh, I think will make America a better place. And, um, you know, because Christianity is the only religion that has Jesus. You know, exactly. I mean, you know, G, you know so, so many of the morals that we assume today, we don't have without Jesus. Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you when someone slaps you on the cheek turn the other cheek right Th- those are those are um just expected nor- cultural norms but without jesus we don't have that we we just don't and so he is radically different than anyone else um you know there's a reason you have ayatollah Khomeini saying you know death to these nations and we don't have christian leaders saying these things because they if they sit if they said that, they stand opposed to the leader they claim to represent, because he says the very opposite. And so, um, I think that I think that Christianity uh, is, is so important. I know some of your your leaders are are conservatives, I mean, your listeners are conservatives, but they might not be Christian. I would say you're missing out. Christian or conservative values are not enough. You need a you need a personal relationship with Christ, and uh, and that's that is absolutely essential and important. Um, to the upbringing of your of your kids because a conservative person can still be a bad person. You know, exactly. there are there are conservatives that are immoral, um, you know, that do that do awful things. Um but a a Christian, someone who's given their life to Christ, right, they have the internal compass that says, I'm gonna live for God even when no one is watching. So
1: Yeah, exactly. That's right. uh and we talked about this earlier that probably the majority of Christians are Christians about two hours a week. Yeah. Um
2: you're preaching my sermon this weekend, so stop. All
1: right. I'll be your I'll be your be your guest pastor. Um, so this week you pat you you preached on uh, your first sermon of 2020. You preached on Genesis 11, the story of the Tower of Babel, um, about the they built the they built the tower, trying to hey we don't need God anymore, right. we can build our mm-hmm. own. Um, some things you said in the sermon that made an impression on me that I think apply to our listeners. Um, we can get enamored about about what we create. And then we forget it. We forget about why God created us. Right. Um, what does God see? What does God see? This one questions that I, that to, what does God see when he looks at what you're building? And, uh, and I say, you know, that what you were just saying, that conservative, being conservative is not enough Right. because if you do it for the wrong reason, Hey, there's a, there's a financial logic, and and some of the conservative platform, but if you don't do it for the right reasons, then then that's that's empty. And when everybody thinks the same thing, nobody's thinking anything. Right. Want to expand on that?
2: Yeah. And so um, so are you familiar with the uh, the ten man rule in in Israel?
1: Uh, no. So I will I will in June when we yeah. It so
2: together. so in Israel, um, they they realize that there are deep and dire consequences uh, when everybody thinks the same thing. And so they went to their, um, all of their generals, all of their politicians, everybody agreed that the, uh, that the Arabs would not invade Israel uh, on Yom Kippur, their most holy day, mm-hmm. and so they all went home to celebrate, and guess what? They were invaded, and they almost, they, they, they almost lost. People, people don't realize that, but they were invaded simultaneously. You know, Israel is, uh, is a country the size of like, I, I don't know that it's as big as San Bernardino County. Uh-huh. I mean, I, someone can look that up and find out, but it's, it's a small, small country, and they were invaded simultaneously by Syria, by Jordan, and by Egypt, right? So they're surrounded, they're outnumbered, um, and, and they almost lost, and uh, they, were, they were almost annihilated. And so what they developed out of that was called the 10th man rule. And so there's one person on their national community, national advisory board, whose sole purpose and sole job is to disagree and to, so, and to have reasons why. And so there's just dangers when we all kind of nod our heads and we all think the same things. And so like what I'd love to see in California is is let's see a university that sole purpose is to be conservative and to disagree. A state funded university that cuz what happens is is there any different thinking that's taking place at, at Berkeley, at UC Davis, at at UC San Diego. I mean they're
1: right they're all talking heads, they're all saying the same things. Uh you know. Of course you are they're all college age college age kids are they're that are You know, when you're in college, it's if you're not a Democrat, you don't have a heart. Yeah. And then when you get to be an adult and you're standing on your own two feet supporting yourselves, if you're not a Republican, then then you don't have a brain. Right. But so they've got yeah they've got so a but I think you
2: know there. I think that they they you know it would be beneficial to us and maybe you don't have just a conservative university but you have conservative bastions within the university that maintain a different perspective and look what happens when you know somebody like Charlie Kirk or um, I'm trying to think ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro you know they try to show up and talk and uh, you know Ben Shapiro's a little edgy comes off a little grumpy um, you know I think he could be nicer from time to time but he still should be heard. Um, you know, and I don't think that conservatives should be silenced just because they're a little edgy. I mean, liberals and leftists are edgy all the time and, and they have a platform and they are heard. And so I think that more young people would be conservative if they were exposed to conservative ideas. They're just they're just not. You know, um, you know, I explained socialism to my kids uh, because, you know, a lot of their friends are socialists. And I said, well, I said, what's your GPA? You know, and and both my girls do well at school, you know, the B plus students, 3.8. And I said, well, do you have friends that aren't doing so well? And they said, yeah. I said, well, why don't we take away some of your points of GPA and give it to them? uh, Because that's fair. And both my girls said, well, we earned our GPA. I said, exactly. Uh That's the difference. And so what socialism says is it says we're going to make up for, um, you know, people's shortcomings with those, who have worked hard, and and that's the thing is, you know, we talk a lot about income gaps, and so so the left, you know, wants to talk in circles, and so they talk about like, um, well, people, you know, the income gap is growing. Like, you you do this job on your side, so a lot of people that that make really good money, they don't work a forty hour work week, you know, with paid vacation. Like, you know, they they work an eighty hour. Yeah, they work an eighty hour work, yeah, work week, an hour work, and they have multiple jobs and multiple companies, and they're doing multiple things, and. And so then you compare that person to a person who wants every holiday off. They want to go into work at nine. They want to go work at they want work to end at five, and they don't want to think at all about the job when they're at home. Exactly. Well, those aren't comparing apples to apples. And so, so the reality is, some people work really, really hard, and uh,
1: they do really, really. They get. They have. Really, really more yeah. as a result of it. And yeah. that's how it should be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so um, there should be no limit to what you can make. And and that's what makes me so sad is, you know, you know, when Bernie Sanders says, you know, that there should be a cap and there should be a limit on stuff. I'm just like, Are you kidding me? Um, you know, I think it's it's okay to say there should be a basement. Like we we can, we can we can all agree that, you know, there needs to be some basic level of what it means to be a human being, but then to turn and say there's a ceiling, I'm like you know what is going on. You know I don't want kids to starve. You know I don't want I don't want those things. You know I want you know children to get healthcare. Um, but I don't want a socialized system where we all have to get funneled in the same thing because you know the government can't even can't even fix potholes. Exactly. I don't want them fixing my heart. I don't want them fixing my brain. And um, you know all of the socialist countries that uh Bernie Sanders points out are leaving socialism. It's not working. You know the the waiting lists in um you know in 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 europe it is astounding for these socialist company countries you know people from Canada come to america to get, to get, get medical operations. care, and it's just a better system now could it be improved absolutely, but I don't think universal health care is the approach i I just don't I, you know one system for everybody never works it just never works and so that's exactly you know and so that's just the example of when everybody's thinking the same thing, nobody's thinking anything is um you know, I, I I'm open. I'm open to uh, new ideas.
1: I have I have a hard time believing that all those Democrats in Congress are watching what we have going on with the impeachment, and I'll come to the same conclusion. He needs to be impeached. How can you interpret it that way? Does anybody listening to this do they do they do they talk to their spouses when they get home, and their spouses go, "Are you, are you sure that?" That's how you feel.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the deep concerns I have for Democrats just in general is, um, you know, and I, and I, like I said, I used to consider myself a Democrat. Um, I still hold to some liberal ideas, um, but the loss of due process, like we've lost due process and, you know, there was a time in our country where you were innocent until proven guilty. And so like what happened in the judge Kavanaugh, I mean, I. I I could I could not believe what we we're doing. We're talking about some incident that nobody remembers thirty years ago, where and they destroyed this guy. Yeah, they they destroyed this guy's life because some woman has a memory, it, you know. It, and I it just it just broke it it absolutely broke my heart. And um, you know, I I'm not saying, you know, I. I, I I don't you know I can't, I can't say whether it happened or not I'm just saying we we have to live in a in a society where evidence matters evidence has to matter and uh we can't just destroy people's character and destroy people's um you know livelihoods because of something someone said and so that that's the thing that breaks my heart is liberals used to stand for you know um um you know cuz that's what used to happen to our country to, you know people are African American they were automatically disbelieved just simply because of the color of their skin um you know and it was terrible and uh, I can't remember the young man the famous case where the young man was was dragged through the streets in Mississippi and uh I, th- I believe he was hung and it's it's really what kind of started the, the whole like hey we got it we gotta it was it, it brought national attention to the fact that we, we black people are deeply mistreated in this country and it kind of woke everybody up it was this kid from Chicago visiting his family uh-huh. and and here's the thing is a lot of people don't know what happened but the reason that whole thing got started was a young woman made an accusation and later in life she admitted to the fact that
1: it was she was lying she was lying exactly and there's so, a lot of that going so, on
2: so so you know yes you know racism is deeply deeply ugly and terrible and what happened to that boy should ne- it, it's like i can i can't believe my mind is blanking but it. it but the race, all, the
1: race baiters are keeping it alive.
2: But it all started from a false accusation, mm-hmm. and so that's the thing is, you know, now as as a, as a man in leadership, I, I'm deeply troubled with with where I am at. With I have to be so careful, and uh, you know, sixty percent of Sandals Church is women, and so I, I I want to be a loving, caring pastor and leader, but also in the back of my mind, I have to go, okay, I have to be I have to be so careful because if something's misconstrued or. Um, you know, God forbid I, I give a hug that's at a weird angle. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you just have to be so, so careful. And so I think women should be heard. Women should be treated as equals. You know, uh, a woman should never, ever be subject to any kind of, um, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace or, or anything like that. I just, I'm concerned that in the name of protecting women, we also have to protect rights, laws, evidence, and those things need to be held together. You know, uh, we can't, we can't, we can't go vigilante justice for, for anything because it, it just, it just deeply, deeply, uh, mars the system and the process.
1: And so, um, okay, let me, let me ask you this. How do you, how do you think we as conservatives should try to move liberals or independents, Let's say, uh, leftists, uh, over to the truth of how we see it, obviously, obviously, yelling at each other and insulting right. each other doesn't work what's what yeah I, I, do I, I wouldn't spend that?
2: I wouldn't spend any time on leftists at all. I just wouldn't um, you know I mean trying to convince a leftist to become a conservative is like you trying to convince me to not believe in Jesus. It's just not going to happen right uh, it's it's a deeply held belief that I have. So I think with liberals and um, you know I have a lot of friends who are liberals um, what you need to do with liberals especially in the state of California is you need to look at results. And so I I don't think, uh, you know, California needs to be a Republican state, but we need to have a Republican representation. So, again, we have a one-party system uh, in in the state of California. The Democrats hold a supermajority both in the Congress and the Senate in our state. So Republicans can't stop anything or do anything. And so what happens when you have a one-party system, right? That's what happened in communist, you know, Russia. Uh You know, when they were the Soviet Union, you have a one-party system. Why is there all that corruption in China? You have a one party system. And so, when you have a one party system, there's no checks, there's no balances. And so, what I would say to liberals is okay, so the Democrats have been in charge for what, 12 years now? Yep. Is the state better today? So, what instead of arguing values, morals, principles, I would say let's argue results. Let's look at the results. Is, you know, ha- have Democrats proven they can handle the, uh, the homeless crisis and if not let's give somebody else a shot
1: exactly hey uh matt we're out of time for this uh for this uh show hey thanks for coming on and uh, coming on the main event everybody uh my is ed hoffman thanks for listening to the main event i'll be back again with you next week the
2: opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of summit Funding incorporated ed hoffman MLS id number 9921 california DRE ID number 1012658 arizona mlo license number 0926439 branch nmls id number 1841782 summit funding
1: incorporated nmls id number 3199 arizona license number 0925837 equal housing opportunity